Now, we will move to cognitive and sensory impairments. Uh, cognitive and sensory impairments are a few of the topics also you want to look out for the NCLEX. Um, you have like a, you have like Down syndrome. So Down syndrome is one of those cognitive impairment conditions uh, that is a common chromosomal abnormality and it affects the growth of the child and their development. So you have different kind of chromosomal abnormalities. You have like a trisomy 21, you have, uh, you have Down syndrome, and you have a couple of other ADHD conditions that uh, you, want to look, you want to look at them. Um, you want to look at the ADHD, ADHD condition. It is a foreigner psych. Uh, you can also see it in other part of the book, ADHD. You want to look at uh, trisomy, trisomy condition. You want to look at uh, Down syndrome in detail. We'll look at it also, but we'll look at it more. Down syndrome. Um, just take a look at them. Now, for this condition, I'm going to start with visual impairment. All these visual impairments, uh, we have visual impairment with both legal blindness and other sight, and other partial sight impairments. Um, you have myopia, hyperopia, astigmatism, anisometropia, amblyopia, strabismus, cataracts, and you have like a glaucoma. Those are the most common eye conditions that I want us to look at. Now, these eye conditions, let's start with the first one, which is uh, myopia. Now, for myopia, in the case of myopia, um, there is what we call near near sightedness. It's it's a near sighted condition, near sightedness. In myopia. Meaning in myopia, you cannot see distance. You're gonna see near the like object nearest to you in myopia. So those who are myopic are the ones you see them looking at the phone like this. Bring the phone to the eyes. So they can only read things to the eye very close. If they carry far away, they don't see from distance. So those are individuals who are myopic or they have myopia eye condition. That's one. For these individuals, they're going to have um, headaches and vertigo. They will have eye rubbing. They will have the eye will be itching. These are signs of uh, myopia. They will have rubbing of the eyes. They're going to have uh, difficulty reading. They will have clumsiness and they will perform poorly in, the, in school. So the case with this condition will have poor school performance. Then we have the next one we have, we have hyperopia. Now, hyperopia um, is the opposite. Hyperopia is the opposite for myopia. This is where you see from distance. It's called far suddenness. So for these individuals, they see from distance. So they cannot recognize or see writings nearer up, up from, from near. So they, they got to read a book. Like this, they will look at their phone like this from distance, but they bring it near, they can see. So it is the opposite for myopia. 
Now, for this situation, these individuals, um, it, this, this, this condition actually starts around age seven, like the school going age. So when they have a school going, when they reach a school, school, school going age, that's when they're going to start exhibiting, they're going to start having these symptoms uh, when they are at this stage. They'll start to have this, uh, uh, this thing seen. Now, uh, then we have the thing we call astigmatism. 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 Or astigmatism. It is the eye condition in which um, patients will have different refractive strength in the eyes. So the red eye will have different refractive strength from the left eye. So they have uh, uneven, uneven, or with a different refractive strength of the both eyes. Strength in both eyes. Different strength in right and left eyes. Um, for these individuals, um, they're going to also have headache. They're going to have vertigo. They'll have eye pains or eye rubbing. And they're going to also have poor school performance. Now, for them, um, how do they see object? Now, it is it is important for each of these conditions. I want for I want for us to know how do how, how does individual in every area here sees an object. For those in, in astigmatism conditions, they see okay by tilting their head. So if they if, if they keep their head straight like this to, to look at things, they won't see the rest. So they gotta tilt their head like this to provide a good refractive uh sight to view the object. So if they go straight like this, they wouldn't see. So you gotta tilt the hair to be able to see objects well for them. So for astigmatism, um they tilt their hair to see letters together then we have um um you know i'm sorry i think i made a mistake on here so this this is okay but this should be anisom uh anisometropia so this condition should be uh anisometropia metropia now I'm sorry. So make so so make so make so make make the uh, make the correction, please. Um, in the case of anisometropia, they're going to have uneven refractive strength in anisometropia. So they were they were going to have this the different refractive strength in the both eyes. Um, they wouldn't take that as it is in the case of a uh, um. Astigmatism. That's where they tip their eyes, but they are not having uneven refractive strength. So in uh, astigmatism, they they are having uneven vision. Now, for their uneven vision, that's where they're going to tip their hair. So they're having uneven vision. So they'll have uneven vision in astigmatism. So for this situation, because the vision is uneven, they will tilt their hair. In anisometropia, they're having uh, different refractive strength in the both eyes. Different refractive strength. Please make, please make, 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 make the correction. 
in anistom Ethiopia, they will have different refractive strength in both eyes. In astigmatism, they're going to have uneven visions. That's why they will tilt their hair to read letters. Then we have the one that have lazy eyes, which we call the amblyopia. Amblyopia. Those of amblyopia are called the lazy eye. The eyes are lazy. They have lazy eye. Um, when they are looking at objects, for them, they will have reduced visual equity in one eye. So you have one eye will see things very clearly, and the other eyes will see things blur. So meaning they have one eye that is stronger than the other eye. The one eye that is not stronger becomes the lazy eye. So for amblyopia, it's commonly called lazy eyes. Then we also have strabismus. Individuals who have strabismus um, is the one we commonly call cross eyes. Now, strabismus, for those individuals, um, Strabismus. Now, for strabismus, for these individuals, um, they're gonna have an inward or outward deviation. They have an inward or outward deviation. They either have inward or they have outward deviation of uh, of the eyes. They're gonna have abnormal. Or abnormal corneal light, they're gonna have um, light reflex. Then they will have misaligned eyes. When they they, they gotta frown or they gotta squint their eyes to see object from distance or well. They can always have head tilted one side also to see object. They can have headache. They can have dizziness. They can also have diplopia, photophobia, and they will have crossed eyes. For strabismus. Now, the seventh eye condition here is cataract. Cataracts. For cataract conditions, um, they're going to have decreased ability to, to see clearly. They will have decreased ability to see clearly. To see clearly. That's what happens when they have cataracts. Um, in cataract condition, they're going to also have nystagmus. They might have strabismus in here. They might have nystagmus. They might have strabismus in cataract. They're going to also have gray opacity. It's marked by this word, gray opacity of objects. That's how they see objects. They'll have the gray opacity of objects in their surroundings. So let's remember that word. And for cataract, they will have absent rare reflex. We might talk about this absence rare reflex. I said when a baby is born, um, we check for the rare reflex. Um, if they have a present, that's good. If it is absent, it is not a good sign. So absence of rare reflex means they are having some act condition like cataract. They're going to also have the, the glaucoma. Now, glaucoma comes in two types. Have the close angle and the close the, the open angle. You have the primary open angle glaucoma, 
and you have the close angle glaucoma. There are two types of glaucoma. Look at the two types which we did in this class. Now, glaucoma, they're going to have loss of peripheral vision. They will have loss of peripheral vision in glaucoma. Loss of peripheral vision. Peripheral vision. Now, the reason why you know all these uh, eyes condition, how do they see up the eyes in the ankles? They might ask you, a patient with an eye condition came to the ER in the middle of an object, but can see the object surroundings, meaning he's having a good peripheral vision. He does not have a central vision. Now, there are other eye conditions. The patient might have a good central vision, but does not have good peripheral vision. So in glaucoma, they will lose peripheral vision, but they will see the center of an object. So when you are walking towards an individual with glaucoma, they can recognize your face, but they wouldn't recognize what in your hands. Whether you have bags in your hands, they wouldn't because they do not recognize peripheral, they, have lack, they, are, they are lacking peripheral vision. Now, if somebody has what we call macular degeneration or degenerative eye condition, it's the opposite for glaucoma. In that situation, they will they, uh, they lack central vision of an object, but they also have a good peripheral vision. So the opposite for glaucoma is macular degeneration. Any question? Any question? Now, for this eye condition, what are the eye tests we do? Now, if you, if if you listen to what I'm, if you listen and observe what I'm doing keenly, every session that we talk about, we talk about the most essential conditions, and we talk about the diagnostic procedure for those or uh, for that system. So under here, we could use one a snarling chart to test for the eye snarling eye chart to see what eye condition the patient has a snarling chart um for the snarling chart you want to make sure you we can do all the we we'll look at the tumbling ease the snarling chart the picture chart or this or, or this or the uh the tumbling e chart are all what can be used to detect eye condition for the snarling chart you place the client at 10 feet from the chart with heels on 10 foot mark. So the distance from where the patient stands to where the chart is placed is 10 is is a 10 feet distance. Just just so we know that. Um we'll look at the snarling chart and we'll see why one patient has legal blindness. We're checking for one legal what is legal blindness? Legal blindness. Ask like, can you have legal uh, blindness? How do we consider a patient, a patient to be legally blind? Legal blindness. How do how do we derive at that consideration? You work at a nursing home. It's all oh, the patient is legally blind, but she can leave her or leave her room. She she does not have cane. She does not use cane to locate her to find location. She's not bumping into walls. She can see her food, but she's legally blind. How do we derive a legal blindness? 
same way a client is um the client can see but the vision is not clear enough to it has it, yes, but it has a number. When you do the visual equity test, it's a number attached to legal blindness. That's, that's how I want to know the, the number. What, what could be 30, the number? Maybe 30 or 20 vision. Uh that's too low. So any so any vision that is above 20 or 200 is 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 legal blindness. So any visual equity resource that come in 20 or 200 that individual is considered a legally blind person um now we have partial blindness so yes so in partial blindness partial blindness um you're gonna have a patient who have between 20 or 70 to 20 or 200 that partial blindness Anyone above 20 or 200 is considered legally blind. Uh, then we look at, uh, we can do the cover test, peripheral vision, the color vision. For the color vision, we can use a test we call the Ishihara test for color vision. They call it Ishihara, the Ishihara test to detect color blindness color blindness the ishihara test color blindness um we can also do um so this test can be done for the patient any question on the on on here yeah for the color blindness when they're talking about uh you will not be able to see color or what? What is color blindness? Color blindness is when the person cannot identify colors. Like when you have now for poor color who are color blind, they will see all bright colors as, as white or dark color. Like they are like black or they are like yellow or some some other colors. So they cannot recognize oh. colors. Okay. Yeah, but but they can see other objects well, but they cannot recognize the, the color. So in this situation. The patient is shown a set of cards and they, they, you ask the patient to identify the number in better uh, in the confusion mm. of the color. So the patient should identify all the numbers on the cards with correct color visions. You want to maintain a bright lighting uh, for the child who is reading, writing and participating in activities that requires close vision. You want to assess the infants and children for visual impairments and identify children at risk for these impairments. You want to observe for behavior that suggests a decrease or loss of the patient's vision. Take for example, a patient, a, a, a child who just started school cannot sit in the back. He keeps coming towards the bowl so close. When you're talking to him, he's like, you're doing like, if you're trying to screen his eye to see you. Just a sign of blindness or eye impairment. You want to be able to identify as a nurse. You want to make sure um, for the ones who have myopia, we give them biconcave lenses or less, they will do biconcave, biconcave lenses or they will do laser surgery. Now, this is very important. Let's look at these ones. For someone who has myopia, meaning they cannot see 
from distance. They can see from short distance, like myopia. For myopia, will give them bad concave, bad concave uh, lens, or we do for them laser surgery to help them. Laser surgery for helping them. Two, for individuals who have um, hyperopia, hyperopia, um, they will have convex lenses, convex, convex lens, or they do laser surgery for hyperopia. So for myopic patients, they use the back concave. For hyperopic patients, they use convex lenses. For patients who have astigmatism, they will need lenses that will compensate for refractive errors or they will do laser surgery. For patients who have anisometropia, uh, they will need lenses to compensate uh, the same refractive error. Preferably, they will need corrective contacts or they will do laser surgery. For the ones who have amblyopia, they will need treatment for visual defects. For the ones who have strabismus, they will need occlusion therapy. If you have strabismus, strabismus, you will, you will need occlusion therapy. Occlusion therapy for these patients. Occlusion therapy. For these patients, um, you also have, for them, they might need surgery. If you have catarrh or glaucoma, you will need surgery for those two conditions. They don't have any other means but surgery. Any question? Then uh, for for the ears, we have other hearing impairment conditions. We have two different hearing losses. We have conductive and sensory hearing losses. Um. For the conductive hearing loss, the first one, the conductive hearing loss. For the conductive hearing loss, what do we look out for? For this hearing loss, um, it involves sound interference, sound transmissions, foreign body in the ear, excessive ear wax. External ear infection, all these can lead to conductive hearing loss. Then for the sensory hearing loss, it involves transmission of the nerve pathway. So that simply means when a patient has conductive hearing loss, there is something occurring to the physical ear, to the pinna of the ear, to the ear pinna. It might be infected or to the earway, the ear pathway has some obstruction in there, which can cause conductive hearing loss. If they have sensory hearing loss, meaning the nerve that controls the ear has a problem uh, most of the time, that's not going to happen. Or uh, sometimes it could be due to other medication, like toxic or like other toxic medication. Example, like it could be quinidine, the anti-malaria medication, or it could be or uh, laces, the diuretics, or it could be gentamicin, the uh, the amino glycoside gentamicin. So all those medications can cause uh, hearing impairment. Now, so I want to know 
for sensory hearing impairment, sensory hearing impairment, it could be caused, there is a problem that is being caused to the functional part of the ear. You have the nerve. Now, those nerves, when they are when they are impaired, when they have other things acting upon them, they're going to cause sensory hearing loss. Example, I talk about like medication. On the medications, you put in parenthesis, auto-toxic medication. Example for this medication are, you have one, gentamicin. Gentamicin is an amino glycoside. Amino glycoside. Gentamicin. Which does not come in PO, it comes in IV or IM medication. Then you have the what? Laces or ferrocima. Laces is a di it is uh it is a loop diuretics. These are high ceilings loops diuretics. The function and they make us to, to lose fluid. So they also have an autotoxic effect on the ear. Then we have like the quinidine. Quinidine is um an anti-malaria medication. It can also cause uh, ear bell to ring the ear like, like vertigo. These are these are drugs that can be that can affect the sensory hearing loss or sensory hearing areas. So now sometimes it could be infection, like acquired infections could be some of these uh, some of the reason. Now for these individuals, a baby. Now let's let me give you a very fun question. Um, did you go over the reflexes I gave you? All those reflexes that I gave you, did you go over, over them all? Okay. Now, among those reflexes I gave you, there is one called the stato reflex. The stato reflex. Now, you see the anklets? They will ask these questions in a skillful way that you need to have logic to answer them. Now, individuals who have stato reflex impairment, what hearing loss they're going to exhibit? It will be sensory hearing loss. Or they will ask you, a patient that has a sensory hearing loss, what uh, re what tests will the doctor not perform on this patient? That, that, that or, or what tests would not be accurate? They're going to have this test. Now, this stato test. It is a reflex in which we make sound near the baby. And they will have that, uh, that, that abrupt jerking. So when they have a sensory hearing loss, they will not hear sound. So they cannot even jerk. So no matter how that reflex is tested, they wouldn't move. So, the, so, so, so if we try to elicit that reflex on a baby, it's not going to be positive. It's going to be, uh, it's, it, it, it's going to be absent. So individual with a stator, with a sensory hearing loss, they will have absent stator reflex. So if you don't look at this, the anchor if it comes in the anchor, you think it's Greek, but it is not Greek, it is in the book, but we could not like a link the two together. Then uh, also we have the central auditory imperception hearing loss, which involves hearing loss like aphasia, agnosia. Wherein you might hear sound, agnosia, agnosia, A-G-N-O-S-I-A. It is an hearing loss when the patient cannot identify or differentiate sounds. You might hear a sound, 
But if you are here, we hear sound from outside. You, what can cause you to identify, to identify what the sound is a gun sound? Or it is a serene from the police ambulance of a, or, or a police car? Or it is a sound made by someone shouting? What helps us to identify that sound? If you like that, we call it agnosia, meaning the patient lacks the ability to what? To recognize and differentiate sounds. You're going to have this condition under the central hearing loss. Um, sometimes a patient has this hearing loss, they cannot respond to sound. They will have absence of vocalization by seven months. They will lack a response, they will lack response to spoken words. They will use gestures to talk, to, to, to communicate. They will yell to express feelings because when you, when, if you don't hear, you don't talk low. Because talking at a particular pitch, it is our ears that help us to talk at a low pitch. If you have headphone, what happens? What do you observe? People talk louder when they're having earpiece in their ear because the ears are black and they won't talk over their head. Any question? <laughs> 